0: Welcome to another episode of Sacred Cinema here on 2X98.3 FM People Powered Radio. I'm your host Jimmy Bernasconi, and this week's episode is entitled From Naught to Naughty. The name, uh, naught as in zero, and naughty as in someone acting up, uh, acting the goat, uh, as my father would say, being being uh, a bad child in this case. Um, it's a bit of a bit of wordplay there. Uh, so, from um, we're talking about that sort of period in one's life where you know you're born, you're a baby, and then all of a sudden, within a few within a couple of years, you start to act up, you start doing the wrong thing, and that's kind of interesting, isn't it? How is it that as children we sort of go about, we don't go about the world as adults do and try and make sure that they make people happy and make people's lives better. Children act up. And so this week's episode is kind of asking questions around, what's going on there? Why, why do they do that? Um, and I think it makes sense to call this from naught to naughty, not just because, you know, naught is zero and then suddenly children become naughty and why, the reasons why, for that and, you know, what are the potential benefits of that maybe. Um, but also the word naughty is derived from the word naught, which I didn't know. And I think that's very interesting, isn't it? Uh, because someone who was considered to be naught or naughty, you know, have the quality of having naught was a was. A, it's actually a bit of a. It's a bit of a. Um, I guess you'd call it a slur, really, against people of a low socioeconomic background, um, because they had nothing. They had naught. and so they were naughty. Maybe that was obvious. Maybe you already knew this, and you can't believe that someone. Uh, that, that you thought was as intelligent as you thought I was didn't pick up on that. But you know what? Um, we all make mistakes, and uh, some of us are driven to do the wrong thing when we do make those mistakes. Um, it Also this week, if we're talking about naughty children and naughty teenagers, I suppose, uh, for some of the films, I can't help but think about when I was at school and we got told, you know... Um, you just know that in these years you're going to be very risk averse. Your your body and your mind isn't going to tell you to refrain from taking the safe option. And that was a really interesting time. And I think it's just important to, I think when you're listening to this episode, maybe think back to the kind of person you were when you were maybe 13 or 14 or 15 years old and how there was that time in your life where, you kind of let go a little bit, made some decisions that you look back on and go, what was I thinking that was ridiculous that I thought that, that was a safe thing to do? When I think back to my high school days in particular, I think of some of the things that people, I mean, I was, I was pretty, like I wasn't a particularly exciting person at high school. But when I think back to some of the things other people did in high school, or at least maybe some of the urges that I had, let's say, to, to, to be rebellious. You think, what on earth possessed me to think that was a good idea? And I think it's important that we don't just watch the films we're talking about this week and just think, well, these are just movie characters. Really think about what you were doing at that time, and the sort of things that, that motivated you. Um, but speaking of the films, the films, we're going to be talking, first of all, about an Australian film uh, that's uh, taking the world by storm. It's Talk to Me, directed by Danny and Michael, who. Uh, and then we're going to we're gonna move on to uh, Kids from 1995, directed by Larry Clark, uh, famously written by Harmony Korine. It's, it's a film. film that I feel fits into this show, Has been, could have fitted into many, many episodes of this show, and I've been hovering around it for a while, and I think this is a fitting week to talk about it. And then we're going to finish off with E.T. the Extraterrestrial uh, from 1982, directed by Stevie Spielberg, which makes a lot of sense given that last week we talked about uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And I kind of feel like we probably didn't pay it as much attention as possible. So maybe we'll be able to um, gravitate back to that one a little bit this week, or at least give Spielberg um, uh, the the attention that he deserves, uh, given that he's a very big filmmaker. But um, let's let's start off things. Let's kick things off now with the first one we're going to talk about. Talk to Me, uh, directed by the Who Brothers um, and this one's a, it's a horror film it's, it's interesting, I really enjoyed watching this I should just say, just as a, someone who's a member of the Australian film community uh, I, I, I did really enjoy If I like horror movies, I find them quite exhilarating And I thought this one was a really good one um, in terms of you know the degree to which it made me feel exhilarated, and everyone in the audience you know was um, making you know gasping and that sort of thing. Um, but if you haven't seen this one, it only just came out, we're going to refrain from sort of getting into too much spoiler t- territory because it is quite a new film, and, and I think it'd be nice if more people went and saw it. Um, but basically, these kids have this hand that they found; it's like an old psychic's hand that's um, been embalmed, and when you shake it and say "talk to me." A spirit appears in front of you, a dead person. I should say What's really important that a dead person uh, appears in front of you. And our protagonist, uh, her mother passed away a few years earlier and perhaps there's a point in the film where she shows up for some of the characters when they do this talk to me seance thing. Um, I think what's probably one of the main aspects of this film that really needs to be talked about is the kind of party atmosphere or the camaraderie Or the power relations Or sort of the social structures um, That exist In this group of school friends It's interesting that at the start of the film We have this kind of little trio Where we have our protagonist, her best friend And her little brother And they're all kind of chummy and good friends And these two other cooler guys Or these two other cooler characters I should say um, Who uh, have this hand And they're the, they're sort of like they're the bit more rebellious. They're sort of the naughtier children of the of the group, and and because our two main people are sort of sort of sort of sort of show a willingness to participate in this hand game, it kind of means that they can they're sort of integrated into the cool group, and we see that this kind of risky behaviour. Um, sort of becomes the key or the gateway into sort of making friends, feeling a sense of belonging. So we've got that sort of classic, you know, uh, be careful who you're friends with out there. Sometimes you'll do things that you don't want to do um, just because um, you're lonely and you want friends or you want cooler friends or that sort of thing. But it doesn't just, it's not just that. It's not just, a, a, you, know, a, um, a, you know, a film that uh, elicits that feeling of, you know, be careful to do th- and something wrong because just to make friends out of it 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 really takes us to that space and in a very metaphorical way of the and this is what I was kind of touching on a few minutes ago when you're young, this kind of feeling of really letting go um doing something and and I think you could apply many different actual acts um to this. This act and that they do with the with the hand, but if you haven't seen the film, either, like when they grab the hand, and they say, "Talk to me, I let you in." Their eyes roll back, they fly back in the chair. They have to be tied up. They, their eyes go bloodshot. They kind of spin around. There's like a visceral corporeal. Um, biological reaction that happens. And 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 I think it makes them feel quite exhilarated. It's a bit like um, Frodo wearing the ring in Lord of the Rings. It sort of throws you into this kind of exhilarated, hysterical, um, what you can imagine to be quite an addictive um, state and everyone's around you laughing like like it's a big group of um, you know animals kind of jumping around and hooting and hollering and that kind of thing and, and and despite the fact that it is a kind of spooky scary movie you certainly do tap into that place of I remember wanting my heart to race and race and race despite the fact that I wasn't really sure what I was doing and um, but on top of that, there's another element of this film that I think is interesting is that it's not just that they have these crazy sort of rages. It's also that they're seeing dead people when they do it and they're letting dead people into their bodies. Literally, they say, I let, them, I let you in and then you're into the body. And not to read too much into the film, but I think it's worth mentioning that I think that this kind of taps into... You know when you're a child and people sort of tell you what it'll be like to be an adult or what it'll be like to sort of grow up and, and particularly around puberty, you know, what it's like to for your body to change and different things to happen to your body and hair to grow in places it, it's almost like things were like a prophecy. It's like things were foretold that have happened and that you're now part of this long lineage of people that you you witnessed previously. Like as a, as a child, you meet adults, you meet your parents, you spend time with them and you see how different they look and you kind of see like that's what I'm going to look like in the future. I kind of can't help but think that the, that – this film, the symbolism of the, of the letting them in, it is there is something about letting. It's not just letting it, you become. It's not just about developing and coming of age and becoming an adult. It's actually kind of like embodying the ancient ones. It's like embodying those from the past um, that are hidden in the past. Like becoming that thing that in the past you were told you would become. Um, you know the, the like because you don't become a child. You know you don't you don't stay a child uh, when you go through period You become an adult, and your concept of an adult is something that you've that you saw in your past, something that you knew about from your past, and were foretold about, and then you became it. So I do think there's something important that they're letting dead people in, not just alive. No, they're not just growing and becoming a new person. It's sort of like adulthood means you're like you're taking on the burdens, you're taking on. Um, the conditions of people that you met in the past, people that you kn- you didn't previously relate to. Uh, but you can now say, oh, now I can say why well, that movie now makes sense to me that I saw all those years ago about someone from all that time ago. Now I'm one of those people. You can think about it, you know, in terms of like an initiation, it's, it's young people dealing with older people. I don't mean to bang on too much about it, but I think there is a sort of metaphor here about it being a bit like uh, puberty or a bit like engaging in, um, you know, illegal activities, taking illicit drugs is probably the obvious one, you know, going on a, a you know your first uh, hallucinogenic um, bender. But but I think there's also, you do, there's an element of it being morbid as well, I guess, on that on that note as well. I think just thinking about it out loud as well, that tapping it you know, letting the letting the dead person in is a bit like, like um coming to terms with your mortality. Um, coming to terms with the fact that you're your Tiptoeing, and you're walking the line of mortality, um, or, or what could potentially lead to your lead to your end. But I do like this idea that it's about tapping into something that's that, uh, tapping into a lineage, and in that sense, it kind of there's something sort of sweet about it, and you can see why it would be addictive, particularly if you have a parent that's passed away, and and, and in growing up, you start to understand who they are, um, you start to embody them, you start to look a bit like them, and it's almost like you're resurrecting this past version of yourself, and if you've seen the film, you can sort of see where I'm going at with this, is that by by letting the the dead person in who's crucial to this film, um, we're kind of keeping her alive in a way, and, and there's a real tension there about the degree to which grief, and it's funny, you know, Australian films have this sort of monopoly on horrors at the moment, and there's so many, ever since Babadook, so many films have kind of done um, similar, you know, run over and done something similar there, but, but when we deal with grief, the degree to which we should carry on the lineage versus let those of the past sort of continue their course through this sort of purgatory or sort of, you know, has their time finished? Is the better thing to do to move on and, and, and sort of pay respect to this lineage that we're a part of and that, we, that we've, we've now become a member of? Or is it something that we should sort of leave parked there? Because maybe there are some risks uh, when we try and sort of act true grown up too quickly And I think at that point Even though this film Does explore those concepts I think it, make, it makes sense To move on to our next film now uh, And this is uh, Kids Directed by Larry Clark Written by Harmony Korine. Um, but before we do Just remind you are listening to XXX98.3 FM People Powered Radio I'm your host Jimmy Bonosconi uh, Here on Sacred Cinema Be sure to stay tuned For more quality radio programming Here on The People Powered Radio Station But also Consider jumping onto our website um, To sponsor the show Or to uh, subscribe to the station, uh, we'd love it if you could do that, that wouldn't be naughty at all, uh, that wouldn't be a naught move, that would be a positive, you'd, that, you'd be at least one, you wouldn't be zero for sure. Uh, so we've talked about this idea of you know, when we're growing, at which we're sort of joining this lineage Right? we're sort of embodying this this long line of people that have come from the past and now it's our turn, now it's our turn to step up. But can that act of trying to become an adult too quickly, um, can that ever sort of go wrong? Uh, well, in the film Kids, we see that it certainly can. Uh, and like I think just on a bare level – well, let's actually just quickly talk about the plot first. It basically follows – it's almost like an R-rated version of Days to Confused if it was set in New York and the kids weren't at school for some reason. Um, But it's essentially about a bunch of kids living in New York who are engaging in – mostly sex is probably the main thing that they do, but there's a lot of drinking and smoking and there's some drugs and and that sort of thing. And I suppose just on a basic level and a very – and I think this week we're talking about naughty children – we kind of have to talk about a Harmony Corinne film, if, if not Gummo or this or Spring Breakers, because he's sort of the king of that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it, and I think this is sort of like a wakey wakey, a very nineteen nineties. Hey, I bet your little, you thought your little angel parents, you know, it's a very Kurt Cobain Nirvana kind of postmodern smug, like you didn't know that your kids were getting up to this sort of thing, did you? Like, this is very much locked in time in terms of its perspective on. Um, you know, what what youth culture was all about in, in this sort of grungy time. Um, but I think what's really important, and just leading off what we are talking about before, with, you know, part of becoming an adult, it sort of part of growing up means becoming adult, sort of adopting the traits and, and, and the, the attributes and the properties of people that, that you've witnessed and you've seen on television even. People from from when you from your past from your childhood, what you you know your idea of what a, you know, an adult was, and now it's your turn to sort of embody this. Um, you could kind of say that none of the things that they do in this film are that bad, but they're children, so it's so much worse. I mean, there's there's a couple of things that are terrible in this film. Like if you've seen the film, you know there's some really horrible, disgusting stuff. But in terms of malevolence, in terms of pure evil, they're sort of just not there. And, and so it does sort of, they're not there in their development. So it does sort of make, like I just want to make the a very basic, simple point to begin with, which is that, you know, sometimes an act, whether an act is good or conventional or normal or usual, is simply a matter of, well, how old are you when you were doing it? And it's not so much that it in and of itself is the wrong thing. And the problem there then is that, that you're a young person or a child and you have misperceived how far along in life you are. Um, if you're tapping into a version of yourself, we talked a couple of weeks ago about phantasmic figures. If you have a, a version of yourself in your head that you think you are, but you're not there yet, um, you can get yourself in a real situation thinking that you're an adult already when you're not. Um, so that's kind of like the, the, the basic, um, I guess kind of the basic point that you, that you want to make when you are talk about a film like this, which is that um, things go very wrong. When children are acting like adults and they're not quite adults yet, uh, it almost is um, a bit of an ode to ensuring that while you are a child, you act like a child and you keep it like that. And I think this is a this is a sort of grown up We've seen in a lot of films. We talked uh, many months ago about the film. It felt like love, directed by um, Eliza Hitman, and you can see so many similarities between these two films. Where you know, wanting to have sex when you are a young teenager is it just seems like such a cool idea, such a great idea. And um, we see in both of these films that it, it certainly isn't. Um, and, and I think with this one as well, I, you know, one of the, the, the sort of the, probably one of the strengths of it is how it glamorises, so, so creepily glamorises what's happening. And I mean, from the opening shot we have like a very, um, you know, very visceral, very vivid sex scene between two very, very young actors and um, – you can see there's almost like a Romeo and Julietness to it in the sense that, you know, that that was originally written by Shakespeare, that being a bit younger and and kind of young love and how young love is very different to old love. It's, it's sort of new and fresh. But when you're watching it, you're kind of disgusted with yourself for watching the film, that you're, you're looking at very, very young people. It's extremely uncomfortable. Um, yet the film still exists, yet we still watch it, yet we still talk to it. And you're very much confronted by this very sort of, horrible mishmash feeling of, 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 of knowing the point the film is making uh, but almost feeling ashamed that you know the, <laughs> the point that the film is making and I think I made that point pretty clear I think I wish we could probably move on to the next film um, now because we, it's very clear from a film like this and there's probably the one down the end of the spectrum of, of many many films that do exist that explore this idea of you know when children arrive at a point of maturity too early when they, when they have seen what it is to be an adult their entire childhood, and they suddenly ch- decide um, to do that themselves. Uh, to do that too early is wrong, and that we need to be much, much more um, observant of our children being, and be much more conscious in what they're doing. But it does leave us in a difficult situation because I think when we talked about Talk to Me, sort of gives us an idea that, you know, because it's such a relatable thing to want to engage in risque behavior, want to let go, let loose, it does have this sort of inevitability about it. Um, but in kids, we're at this point where it's like, well, no, if you know, if you let that happen too much and too early, you got a real mess on your hands, and you, you know, you see the worst of humanity in that. So is that sort of naughtiness, that kind of youthful rebellion, is that ever a good thing? Can we find a way for it to work, and can there be a way that we know, that we, we accept that it's inevitable, but it's not always a bad thing? Well, let's finish off now with our third and final film uh, today, which is uh, E.T. directed by Steven Spielberg, and... Um, if you haven't seen E.T., where have you been living? You must be an E.T. yourself. Um, but the basic plot is that a young boy named Elliot finds an alien in his backyard and he helps the alien. Uh, is he going back to his friend's house? or is- No, it's his home. E.T. phones home, doesn't he? That's right the famous line. Um, but I want to talk about this one sort of in the, con. I don't want to talk about the film itself actually that much, but rather what the film did to the cult, like to culture and how it continues to, it continues to be have such an influence, particularly in the age of things like Stranger Things, but all through the 1980s and through other Spielberg works, stuff like that. But I think you'd consider E.T. to be almost the most archetypally idyllic Um situation for a suburban child, you know, if you're a suburban child, it's a kind of being. This is sort of if you take someone who lives in the middle of suburbia, there's nothing really going. on, It's very relatable experience. You're in that medium end of the curve of sort of middle class, lower middle class, kind of. You just eat cereal, go to school, come home, watch TV, go to sleep, and there isn't really much that you can do to make your life better especially as a child and you're not even you know at university or anything yet it's almost like something needs to drop out of the sky and not just something but something out of this world something that expands your your concept of this limited closed off world you know um that completely changes everything and so we've been talking this week uh, in this episode about um letting go, letting wild, uh, cutting loose, uh, stimulation of all different kinds to, to, Im- to encounter an extraterrestrial sort of dwarfs all of these other uh, potential modes of stimulation. So we're kind of getting this place of like, well, well, profound stimulation for a child is not always, you know, drugs, alcohol and sex. It can be encountering something very new. We talked, you know, last week about alien encounters. Simply encountering wonder, you know, encountering the abyss. And there is a little bit of existentialism in this film. You know, it's a bit shot similar to sort of close encounters, where you've got these, you know, these rural farmland shots. We see the vast, the broad, vast sky above us with the twinkling stars and everything, and you think, wow, my life is so small in the concept of all these sorts of things. Uh, so when we're talking about the idea of having nothing, um, you know, being naught isn't just about having nothing. Uh, it's it's about being nothing. It's about being nothing in, in the grand scheme of things, or being relatively nothing in the grand scheme of things. Um, but then of course we see because you know, Elliot has this this responsibility to look after E.T. Uh, because he's he's he needs to get with he needs to get home. That's right. So we see that E.T. I'm sorry, that Elliot hiding Um, E.T. from his mother is an act of rebellion. He also goes off to do a lot of things in this film that are an acts of rebellion. But we see them as benevolent acts of rebellion. And we see them as, not just benevolent acts of rebellion, but benevolent acts of childhood, specifically childhood rebellion. It's the kind of rebellion only a child can do. E.T. almost has this kind of, like, you can only see him if you are a child, to him in a way like they keep hiding him from the mother and eventually she does see them but it's sort of like the kids private little thing and this has been an idea that has been expanded on in a lot of spielberg's work um you know got things like um super aid but you know you know things like the goonies and stuff like that but all through like a lot of films in the 1980s explosion of things like this like things like stand by me things like it but more more goes more recently got things like stranger things which is like it's only through childhood wonder that kind of that kind of courage that only children have because they have a commitment to something greater than um just you know the suburban uh, that they kind of boring suburban monotonous life that that adults seem to be addicted to no we have a new idea we have a refreshing take on how to expand the consciousness of society and then the world at large um, we've encountered something you can't see. And there is a kind of, there is sort of like an inevitable truth to that. Like I, I think that children do, just by virtue of their circumstances being different to adults, see things differently to those that came in the past, and while we might get some excitement about growing up, we also know that we're not the same people as the past. And and resurrect again, this idea of you know resurrecting old ideas, resurrecting things of the past, the ancient ones, is good to a degree. But on some level, we need to see the world as a different um, thing. And that's why this film, I think, has this kind of anti-conservativeness to it, that we kind of, you know, despite your politics, you can't help but kind of Tag along with so this, this this kind of an intuitive or natural um, rebellion against police and government officials in this film just feels you know, for like, we talk about this a lot on the show about you know, when we watch a mainstream or a popcorn matinee adventure family film, uh, you know, you got to sort of you know, the fact that it's being sold to so many people, and ET of all of them It's like the biggest blockbuster of all time, like it's made more money than any other film of the 1980s. Um, you can guess that whenever we see something, that's what the masses want to see. And so when, you know, they're rebelling against these government officials, these bureaucrats, these these men in black, let's say, um, and I mean that that pun is, is certainly intended given that it's an alien film, um, but, you know, these the sort of faceless government officials, um, we can't help but sort of feel suspicious around them. And, and I think that, t- 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 no matter your politics, kind of taps into your inner, progressive you know no matter who you are which is like no one likes that kind of stale stagnant government official being like excuse me we need to make sure everything stays the same and that the people aren't aware of what's going on there needs to, and maybe that's not a progressive idea but that idea of we need the status quo kind of has been maintained under the thumb of governance we need to be able to rebel against and change things and and, and ruffle some feathers and, and 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 shift things around a little bit to make sure that justice can be held because you know Pursuing justice is a never-ending thing. So what have we sort of learnt this week, I suppose? Because we've been hovering in this as sort of childhood rebellion, you know, stimulation. Let's start bringing these ideas together. Well, when we talked about Talk To Me, we got into this idea that, you know, that, 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 that kind of wild teen, that those wild teenage escapades that we engage in, the risk-taking, it's sort of, it's, they're so potent and we, we can all relate to them and uh, we, we can't help but feel that they get something, that, that there's some goodness to it or at the very least, they're, they're so potent that they're inevitable. It's going to happen time and time again. Um, and for various reasons, we, we, we want to access, um, you know, maturation. We want to take hold of our lives and become more adult and be those people uh, that we were always promised that we would become. Uh, and enjoy the thrill ride of, of growing up and engaging in that and and, and you know, be growing up and becoming the different person we will promised that we would be. But doing so can be very dangerous. If we do that too early, if we jump the gun and, and do adult things when we're not quite an adult, it might feel like a cool idea to do it. And even reminiscing on that sort of thing can be a nice thought, but it's pretty gross to do it too early. But that's not to say that all kind of youthful defiance should be resisted. Perhaps what sets a film like ET apart, for example, is the sort of the relativity that it that it evokes. This sense of relativity, the the relativity of the the, the little problems at the start of the film, they, they, they're sort of they, they, they pale in comparison to the bigger problems that we face by the end of these films. At the end of the film, the the bigger existential questions maybe it's like a maybe it's like an extraterrestrial perspective is, is that's what we need maybe that kind of extraterrestrial perspective and an outside the world perspective that we need which is which is actually going to help us determine what's naughty and what's not well, that's all we've got time for this week on sacred cinema thanks so much for tuning in i've been your host jimmy bernasconi here on 2 double x 98.3 fm the people powered radio station uh, stay tuned for more quality radio programming here on 2XX, but also consider Jumping On to, to our website to subscribe or sponsor um, a show and subscribe to the station. That would be very much appreciated. But until next time, thank you so much for tuning, and we'll see you again next week. Cheers.